In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. With us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, we will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Buenas noches, senores and senoritas. Welcome to El Nacho Ghost of Chronics. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own pirate ghost hunting Ben Helsink. Yes. And with me is not the Blonde Bombshell. Oh, no, no, no. In honor of uh, the president's... Uh, um, praising, approving of gay marriage, I decided to get a male partner for the night. So I have none other than Mr. Lighthouse expert himself, Mr. Jeremy Dontremont. Hey, buenas noches, amigos. Yeah. Did we get it? <laughs> yes. Hi. So Hi, Ron. You're my male partner for tonight. Uh, okay, as long as it's just for tonight, and as long as it's only over the phone. <laughs> oh, one of those, huh? Anyway, always something interesting going on, that's for sure. So, anyways, we have a great show tonight. Uh, oh, before we do that, uh, I know that, uh, and I did mention in the beginning, we have a pirate cruise coming up in July, right? We sure Ghost, do. Ghost pirate cruise. July 21st. July 21st. Yeah, out of Rockport, Mass., beautiful. Rockport on Cape Ann, on the tall ship Formidable with Captain Russ. And uh, <clears throat> those of uh, our listeners who maybe were on it last year know what a good time it was. It sold out and, uh, very quickly. It did, yeah, yeah. Um, and I believe you have that on your website. Uh, I do, ghostproject.com. Right. right, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, ghostproject.com. Also on uh, New England Lighthouse Tours dot com, which is one of my websites. If you go on that page, again New England Lighthouse Tours dot com, and click Xtrex Paranormal Adventures, you'll see uh, a few uh, events we have lined up. That's right. Yeah, for those who don't know, Xtrex is is a little is our baby, right? I guess you could say that, since we <laughs> seem to be on a certain theme tonight. But sorry, it's uh, our baby. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. You know, I'm always like to stay right at the cutting edge. You know that. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyways, y yes, we have uh, we we created a thing last year called Xtrex Paranormal Journeys, and yes. we've done uh, a bunch of neat events. So the the Ghost Pirate Cruise is one of them, and uh, we also do a Ghost Cruise out of Rye. Is it? Yes, it is. Yeah, out of Rye Harbor with uh, Granite State uh, Whale Watch. That mm -hmm. is on August 18th this year. 
Mm-hmm. And, and that's uh, all on our mm-hmm. websites as well. So, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, and I think we we've got a couple of cruises too, also with uh, Mark Nesbeth from uh, Gettysburg. Yeah, in June fourth, and in I think in I think it's the beginning of August we have Most Haunted, the uh, psychic goddess from Most Haunted. Uh, Brian Shepard will be doing a cruise with us as well. So you are correct, sir. God, we're very it- busy this year, are we? Uh, I hope uh, I, I couldn't get much busier. I don't think I have a spare. Uh, and that doesn't even count our, count our haunted lighthouse tours that we'll be doing starting in June, right? Yeah, yeah, we have three of those scheduled. And, and that's uh, for the Friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse. All the money goes directly to the Friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse for the preservation of mm-hmm. Portsmouth and Whaleback Lighthouse. Yep. And uh, people can check that out by going to PortsmouthHarborLighthouse.org. I hope they're taking notes because we're saying a lot of websites here, but uh, or they can just Google Haunted Tours Portsmouth Lighthouse and you'll find it easily enough. But right, uh, we have three scheduled and I think we're talking about maybe adding another one, but at least three and those those always sell out uh, well in advance too, so people shouldn't wait on those. Oh yeah, I, they've already been selling. So anyways, I know we have a guest on the line who've been waiting there for like five minutes or so listen to us chit-chat about nothing as usual. Uh, so we are going to uh, a haunted winery tonight, and I posted a couple of uh, videos from on our Facebook page, which is um, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, and if you go on, there's two videos on the haunted winery, and one of them is kind of cool, it's, it's funny, and the other one's neat because it's more historic, but without further ado, why don't we bring on uh, Jesse from the uh, haunted winery and you want to say the name of the winery winery because i certainly can't evidently yeah yes the name of the winery is belvoir winery so jeremy is that how you were saying it of course that's how i said it i told you you didn't believe me (laughs) well i I know your name is jeremy dontremont that i do know that's that's the best pronunciation i've ever heard you do in my name very good well now that we're life partners i guess uh, you know i have to learn Uh whose name are we taking yours or mine I'm keeping my own. You can <laughs> keep a, use whatever name you want. I don't care. <laughs> Anyways, moving right on. Hey, Jess, how are you? Good. How are you guys? And where is the uh, winery? Uh, Belvoir Winery, we're located in Liberty, Missouri, which is actually a suburb of Kansas City. So um, the uh, be the west part of Missouri. Wow. I was just thinking about it. You said Kansas City. And, and where are the Red Sox tonight, Jeremy? Kansas City. Wow. Coincidence? But let's not talk about the Red Sox. I'd rather not talk about the Red Sox, so let's... (laughs) Oh, the Black Sox, as I like to call them. Yeah. Anyway, so... We'll find out tonight who's the best of the worst, so... (laughs) The best of the worst, yeah. Well, you know what? I give you guys credit, so that's all. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Kick their ass, I don't care. I was a big Kansas. I was a big Kansas City Royals fan in the 70s, in the days of uh, Freddie Patek, among others. I don't know if you... Back when we were good. That. Yeah, that was a fun team. John Mayberry, yeah. uh, what was the Amos Otis. Yeah. I don't know if you remember those yeah. guys. Oh, Otis, yeah, that's right. That was yeah, a good team. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. long ago. Yeah, and now, you still, do you still have that phenomenal pitcher that was used like the Cy Young or something like that? Was it two uh, years no, ago? No, he moved on to uh, Milwaukee. That's uh, Zach Ranky you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that that's things. You guys can't hold on to you. I mean, they won't spend the money, that's why. So. <laughs> All right, so anyways, but 
it's it's nice to have you guys kick our ass. It makes me feel much better. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jess, you you how did you get involved with this uh, winery and and what's what's the story on this thing? Sure, the uh, the winery was acquired by our family, my father-in-law, uh, roughly 20 years ago. Um, he purchased it from the Odd Fellows. The uh, Odd Fellows are a, a group much like the Masons, Shriners, Knights of Columbus, those kind of groups. So they are uh, they have their own. Um, Ritual, and then in addition, they also do lots of charitable work for the organizations that are around them. Um, and so we purchased the property from them. It's roughly it's four buildings. Um, one building uh, was used for an orphan's home and a poor home. Um, two of the other buildings were used as um, an old folks' home, nursing home. And then the uh, last building on the end is the old hospital building. Um, it was um, the only hospital in the north part of Kansas City for a good period of time, and um, all four of the buildings together are roughly about 200,000 square feet, so it's a large complex that sits on about 170 acres, um, and we've been growing grapes on this site for a long time, and then we decided to uh, take my father-in-law's grape hobby and turn it into a business, and so now we run a winery with um, have a lot of weddings and a lot of private events and other things like that. We're open seven days a week. It's a good time. It's definitely something different. I was in IT before, so this is a big change. I guess it is. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, now what we do is um, we have a we have a group that comes out uh, from uh, on the paranormal end. Uh, they're a local group called uh, Paranormal Research Investigators, and they come out and run events for us um, because it's long been rumored and and it was true, but we downplayed it for a long time that the. Uh, location was haunted and um once we were open then we were okay with it but before we had to have vandalism and that kind of thing so we didn't want people coming in but now that we're open we're able to control it much better and so we use the events um you know as another opportunity for people to come out learn the history of the property and then um they get to come out and and the public gets to spend uh, all night with nick and his crew uh, using all their gadgets playing with all the toys and you know a lot of times more often than not they end up uh experiencing something which is it's always a lot of fun. Well, and speaking of Nick, I believe we have him on the line right now, too, so why don't we bring him on as well? Hello, Nick, you there? Yes, sir. Okay, and, and Nick, what's the name of your group, and uh, what's your um, website, just to throw that out there? Sure, it's the Paranormal Research Investigators. You can find us by going to either paranormalresearchinvestigators.com or priteam.com. Can we say that one more time? It was a little fast. Sure. <laughs> the website? ParanormalResearchInvestigators.com or PRITeam.com. Okay. Hi, Nick. This is Jeremy. I'm on with Ron tonight, too. That's right. Jeremy is actually a lighthouse expert, and, and but he's he's always had an interest in the, uh, the weird, the strange, the occult, right? <laughs> Yeah, the fact that I'm talking to you shows that I have an interest in the weird. But. You get much stranger and weirder than that, that's for sure. But anyways, I, I saw uh, a couple of videos I, I, I pulled off the net from. It must be that your local station or the only station in, in the entire state. Uh, but <laughs> they have a, they had a couple of uh, videos on your winery there, Jess. Yeah, they did. They have, we have um, the, the local affiliates come out a lot. Um, you know, especially around Halloween time. You know, some, somehow they think that there's more activity out here during Halloween, which of course we experience it year round. But uh, they they have more interest during that time. So we've had you know six seven stories about that, and lots of written up about it. And um, we get we get some interest from about a 
I'd say a four to five state area. Um, we have people drive in just for this event um, that we do here. Um, you know, it's one. It's kind of a hidden gem at this point. Honestly, we've been approached by some of the um, the bigger shows that are on TV and stuff like that. But I'm I'm treading lightly a little bit with that. Uh, you know, it's it's good exposure, but you know, at the same time, there's a lot of a lot of things going on there. So we're just kind of. Uh, um, waiting right now and letting the people in this area, you know, enjoy it and come down and 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 see what they can find. You know, that's 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 kind of refreshing because most people that I know would like sell their souls to go on one of those uh, TV shows. And uh, you know, I know Jeremy. Uh, he had the uh, the ghost hunters at the what was that, Jeremy? Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse. I didn't That's sell right. my soul, to be on it. But it was, yeah, you didn't sell your soul on that. That's good to know. Huh? But uh, you know, so that that's a refreshing thing. I mean, I've I've lately been receiving a lot of phone calls, basically from like my ghost story and a haunting, and they they've called in the past and stuff and everything else. But it's it's not something that I really. Uh, I don't mind being. It wouldn't be mine being on TV, but if it was like on a uh, like a documentary or uh, a news show, you know, something that has a little more substance than just uh, uh, getting you three minutes of fame thing. So. Sure, sure. And then Nick uh, knows as, as well as I do that you know, yes, you you get some exposure on the TV, but there's also some people who tend to um, question more, you know, um, your motives if you go on those kind of shows. Um, it's it, um, Nick, Nick is, I specifically selected Nick to do our tours and that kind of stuff because he's uh, very scientific in his approach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's one of those situations where we don't want to make anything up. We don't want to create any more than what it is. You know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. when you're going into these paranormal investigations, I likened it kind of to like catfish uh, fishing. You know, you pop that cork in the water and you sit there for two hours and stare at that cork. Eventually something will happen. It might be 10 seconds, 15 seconds. And then there's a whole lot of nothing after that. I mean, it's nothing like the movies or anything like that. It's a, it's you you get your little bit of excitement and then it quiets down in a big hurry again. So uh, you know, it's much different than most people perceive. So why don't we talk to Nick a little bit about? I mean, Nick, how long have you been doing this, and how did you get involved in it? And Jeremy, you know, feel free to uh, speak up, Jeremy. You know. Okay. Well, my group. Uh, my co-founder, Keith, and I, we got together uh, April of 2007, and we've been kind of doing this ever since. We've gone to about, uh, I think we're about 390 different locations throughout the entire Midwest, mainly focusing on Kansas, Missouri, and Nebraska. And, you know, um, this is a passion of mine ever since I was about three or four years old. I can uh, remember uh, my first experience I've ever had, and it kind of just stuck with me my entire life. I went to uh, UMKC, uh, which is a school of pharmacy in Kansas City, and and after I got done with school, I used to just live my life just to study. So, uh, you know, throughout my whole life, I kind of, this ghostly experience stuck with me, and I got out of school, and I watched uh, some shows, read some books, and I was like, I can do that, and, you know, I know science. I have a, a doctor of pharmacy degree. And I'm like, I know what science is, and these guys on TV claiming to do science and these books, you know, this is not science. Let's try to do some real science portion of uh, research into the paranormal, and here I am today. Hmm. No comment, Jeremy? Uh, sounds like you have a great approach. I'm looking at the website, too, and it's a really nice website, by the way. Thank Very you. Yeah, thank you. 
very informative. The good thing about Jeremy, he's very he very researcher of academic. If you tell him something, he wants to go and find it and look at it and analyze it. And uh, ever since I've known him, I've always known that he's very thorough. I think is the word. He's written several, several, well, quite a few books on lighthouses, and I know that all the research on that is has been done to the T. So that's the good thing I like uh, about him. Well, thank you, sir. That's uh, apart from everything else about me, you're saying, right? Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> okay. And and our group is is interesting. You know, I have a doctor of pharmacy degree. You know, I went to school, and then the co-founder of my group, he's a you know he's a builder, he's a mechanic. And him, him and I first started doing all these cases, and people started having claims of the paranormal. We'd find natural explanations into what's really going on, and and that almost became, uh, you know, that first case. I can still remember when we told the folks, "Hey, you don't have a ghost; you have this," and it's really something naturally occurring. And and that took a lot of courage the first time, but now it's almost our pride that you know we don't we think you know, our motto is logic first, which means. Um, which is probably more likely a logical explanation, and our in our motto is logic versus paranormal last. Which the last thing we actually think is, that's going on is, is paranormal. And you know, all these places we've been to, we've only found stuff at about the I think sixty some locations that we would deem as as interesting or perhaps paranormal. And then out of all those sixty, we've only labeled twelve as haunted, and the Belvoir Winery uh, is one of those twelve locations. Oh, that's pretty cool. Now, I've seen it, like, advertised in one, I think, one of the videos that it was, like, the second most haunted place in the the state, which I was going to kick out of. I mean, how do you rate a place on being haunted? (laughs) Uh, That's a a good question. Uh, You know, I think that you're referring to someone's labeled this for, like, a two or the second most haunted place. And uh, and we've actually been to the first most haunted place in Missouri, which is the, the Lymph Mansion. And and, you know, I've been there a couple times, investigated, but, you know, the winery is, is I've had way more experiences at the winery than at the Limp Mansion in, in St. Louis. So really? We, we, yeah, we've been, we, I've investigated the winery about uh, 50 some times over the last three years. So it's a, it's a place where uh, we first started coming out there, there was one outlet in the whole winery area that worked. Really, that was, the interesting thing is—is is, um, I mean, how do you how, how do you base that on? I mean, it, it, do you base it on any particular evidence that you get, or or, or how do you do it? Oh, well, I, I didn't do the actual the actual rating, but I mean, the place is in, is intense. I mean, all the places we've ever been in in Missouri, this is by far the most one of the, the most interesting because there there is so many different locations. There's an old hospital on ground uh, on the campus. There's an old folks' home. There's a nursing home. There's an underground bunker. There's a morgue area we investigate. And there's actually the main building that was upstairs. Uh, it was a schoolhouse at one point. It was an orphan. Uh, had orphans at one point. So there's just a lot of different areas to investigate and a lot of different types of activity that uh, we have, you know, we've uh, documented, such as, Residual footsteps, uh, residual voices, to even you know, re- you know, intelligent responses. So, wh- what what piece of single information, I guess, would 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 uh, 
Well, let, let me uh, on the winery. Who haunts the winery, and, and what what evidence do you have? I mean, I teach a course in uh, paranormal CSI at the local college, and and one of the things is uh, at the end of the course, what we have to do is who haunts this building, and how have you determined it? So I will kind of reverse that to you. Uh, uh, who haunts the winery, and how have you determined it? Yeah, uh, you know, I'll answer that at some level too. The uh, the um, experiences that we have here, um, it's really hard to pinpoint who it does as much as, you know, a general group. Um, like in the hospital and the old folks' home, um, we've validated roughly about 10,000 deaths in those two properties, uh, parts of the property. So, I mean, um, yes, there's a lot that goes on in that regard, but obviously, you know, figuring out, oh, is it Aunt Sue that's in there or something like that, I mean, it's next to impossible, obviously. Um in the building where the winery is at, um, like Nick mentioned, they had some of the school rooms upstairs. Um, we do do get things like kids giggling, kids running, um, footsteps. Um, it's much different sounding than, you know, say an adult footstep would be or a vo- adult voice. Um, so, I mean, we can narrow it down to the, the kids were there, but it's the same kind of situation. There's almost, um, you know, no way to narrow it down and say who it is or what it is other than we know generally why that activity happens because of what's happened previously, but we don't know who it is. Go ahead, Nick. Well, I, I, I just I totally agree with that. Uh, I think our, one of our most compelling pieces of evidence actually have happened in the main building, the administrative building, where the actual uh, winery is currently the, they sell wine there. It's uh, the place where they have the uh, ice cream parlor at right now. Before they brought on all the electronics and like you know electricity in, the place was dead quiet. So we set all of our equipment up, you know, our DVR, you know, our, you know, handy cam, thermal, you know, recorders up. And then we went out, the whole entire team went out for supper, and we left our equipment going, and no one else was out on the property. And uh, you clearly hear this uh, lady say, do you like your room? And at the time, we didn't realize what this actually was in the past, and there's actually different rooms located for the, the families to stay in that were working on the property. And is that this voice isn't like a, you know, a, you know, a current, you know, sounding voice, you know, Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska accent. This has like an old ring to it. So it's very uh, interesting. So that's the closest, you know, we can, I can probably give you to who haunts this. It's some older, uh, some lady uh, from the uh, period of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, one account I'm seeing online here mentions male apparitions. I don't know. Well, uh, well the very first time that we were, I was out there. I met Jesse um, out there, and he kind of gave us a tour. And and we're gonna. It was during the weekday. It was like five or six o'clock at in the evening, and a couple of my investigators and I, we just happened to be wandering the property, just trying trying to find if there was any power, you know, places we're gonna set up during the weekend for our real investigation. And I actually was looking from the hospital over to the old folks' home, and I saw this man in black walk out of a room and take a left, right? And, and you know, the one thing, you know, ghosts don't scare me, but, you know, bombs, people, vagrants, they scare me because they can actually hurt me. So I get on the phone, and I, I call, and I'm like, hey, I think there's a – I call Jesse, and I think there's a – I told Jesse, I think there's someone out here. And he sort of laughs and is like, you know what? He's like, I have a, you know, I have a security card. I have cameras. You know, you're the only guys out on the property. So just knowing that, 
we knew that that's an area we wanted to focus on on the investigation. And uh, that area where I saw the man in black walk, walk out of the room has been one of the most amazing paranormal hotspots I've ever experienced, from footsteps to intelligent responses to um, people seeing uh, shadows. I'm not a, a big believer in shadow seeing shadows moving straight on because of the way our eyes are made, but I don't tell anyone this, and then multiple people will actually see this. You know, during our public events, our other teams we bring in when we, uh, we investigate together. So it's just a, an amazing area. I actually just found a, a photo uh, online. It's not your group, and I don't know if, if it's if be a good idea for me to bring this up, but it says uh, sure you can. Lee Ehrlich, Paranormal Diver. Took this yeah, picture. Do you know the one I'm talking about? I know <laughs> the one you're talking about from the from the bunker. Mm-hmm. It's from the underground bunker, and uh, I'm not. I don't really know what the if I should comment on that photo or not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a shadow. I mean, you can't really draw yeah, any conclusions. Yeah, I was actually in the bunker when he took that photo. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, it looks like the shadow of the person taking the photo. If there was some sort of light that, source behind sort of them. I, that, that was sort of was, was my conclusion with the with the light was coming in. The shadow mm-hmm. would have been coming from. The other, the way that uh, exactly the way you mentioned, mm-hmm. and that was sort of what my conclusions were. That was a shadow, but you know, uh, some people, you know, they have to have something happen, and you know, regardless of what kind of logic you bring to them. Right. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, and Jeremy brings it up too. Is we fight that battle just as hard going the other way. There, there are people that take pictures out here and and see something, whether it's in whether it's orbs or you know those kind of things or personal experiences, or even if you go out and search for the property, which is originally called the Oddfellows Home in Liberty, Missouri, um, you'll find places where they refer to it as the insane asylum. It was never <laughs> an insane asylum. It never has been. Yes, right. we have people come out daily uh, to our winery uh, while they're tasting. They say, you know, well, well, do you know much about the insane asylum? It, we just tell them flat out, you know, it was a, it's a really good story, but it has absolutely no basis in fact. So, you know, it's a good point. You bring up some of those pictures and some of the videos and that kind of stuff. Um, it's just as hard sometimes to say, you know, listen, that that video, that picture, it may not be as as legit as, as they attest it to be. So. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just happy to hear the, the kind of careful approach you guys take because, as Ron said, I'm pretty uh, careful. And, and uh, you know, I've taken part in a lot of investigations at Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse and, and some other lighthouses and other, other places. And... Um, you know, I've probably been with like 20 or 25 different groups at Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse, and so many of them are, are, are too um, anxious to kind of jump to easy conclusions, uh, which I think is a big danger in this field. Well, anyways, we actually have to jump to the break, so you okay. have to hold with either. So anyways, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with... Not in uh, Jeremy Dontremont and New England's own Van Helsink, Ron Kolick, and our very special guests have been Jesse from the Haunted Bell. What I am going to say, Bell Winery, Bellevue Winery, and Nick from. Okay, we'll be right back after the following messages here on Tojinet Ghost Channel and Beyond. Welcome to Tojinet Radio with a cutting edge. Was sad, right? Cause he had a death kill mommy and dad. Right. But that ain't the case. Nope. It wasn't his fate. No, nope. the walks never struggled to communicate. Ha. Y'all wave your hands. Look who's on. Yeah. It's the code of man Keith, and he's number one. Whoa. 
It's That Keith Wine Show on Toginet.com, Wednesday nights at 8, 7 Central. Every week, That Keith Wine Show will have guests that share their experiences, expertise, opinions, and personal lives with us to hopefully help us better understand others. The topics and guests will come from the American Sign Language community. For more on Keith Wine and the show, go to his website, KeithWineWANN.com. Listen with an open mind and willingness to learn and help with the cultural bridge. Number number one, Keith's number one. Everybody back. Don't miss that Keith Wan show Wednesday nights at eight seven central on Toginet.com. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Jeremy Dontremont, New England's own lighthouse expert, and Ron Kowick, New England's own Van Helsink. Hey, how you like that? We're all New England. Well, whatever. Anyways, and we are joined by Jesse from the... Belvoir. Belvoir. Belvoir Winery in... Where is it? Uh, Liberty, Missouri. Liberty, Missouri. And Nick from? PRI. Which is, so people can find it. ParanormalResearchInvestigators.com. Okay, there you go. There you go. So let me let me ask you, Jesse. I mean, excuse me, Nick. Uh, you, how did you get involved in? The, I mean, we already talked about this a little bit, but I mean, when you first, got, how many years has it been? It's been uh, five years with my team. So five years with your team. Have you have you seen a change in the industry in itself? Is, is paranormal investigators uh, in, in your part of the country? You know what? It's, it's it's one of those things where uh, when I was first, even five years ago, there's, you know, very few people. And then it kind of spiked with the, you know, unfortunately, it, I should say it spiked with the ghost hunters and ghost adventures crowds. And, you know, ever, ever which show you watch is sort of who you emulated the other teams. And then sort of now it's sort of getting back to, uh, I think the amount of groups has kind of uh, decreased. And I think it's going to hopefully get back to, uh, being better where people think things through instead of jumping to the conclusion that, you know, that noise in the corner you heard the ghost not being, you know, you know, uh, boards, uh, expanding or contracting, you know, like wood or it's just some kind of natural creaking noise. I just wish we could get back to people thinking through things instead of, uh, jumping and using K2 meters or using, whatever piece of equipment that they claim that's scientific that it, and by no means is it actually scientific because first, you know, they don't even know what it's actually detecting. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's pretty refreshing. You sound like English now, because I, I do a show in international called, called ghost chronicles international. It's, it's UK based and they just about, uh, poo poo about everything that we do here in the States with the K2, especially the K2 meters, the, uh, uh EMF, stuff all that stuff is they really so that's interesting but uh, one thing i mean what what is your feeling about mediums evidently you don't use them no well we you know we've actually at least we've consulted with some in the past and more as a a parapsychology test more than you know if you have the ability more than anything where we would pick them up and they'd have no clue where they're going and then we'd, we'd take them to several different locations throughout the you know, Kansas and Missouri, and see what they would pick up. And we actually had this one that actually, like, nailed, like, every location we took it to, to, like, the reported claims, what they felt or what they thought was there. 
matched almost identical to what the claims were for the, each building. But uh, as far as our investigations, we don't. Uh, it's too easy for people to have a feeling, and you know, we can't. There's no credibility behind that. I want to have some kind of physical, tangible proof because there's no way you're ever going to tell a skeptic or a cynic. You know, the psychic felt this, and they're not going to believe you. They want some kind of proof, video proof, you know, audio backed up by video proof of something. And, and that doesn't, uh, that's not going to happen with the medium. But the, the question is to that is, is any of that really proof? Can we really prove the paranormal? No, there, you know, there's, you know, I used to, uh, two years ago, I was dead set on trying to prove, you know, using strictly hardcore science for this. And I, I learned that. You know, it's going to take a lot of money for someone, you know, not even the Rhine can truly prove that, the, you know, the paranormal exists. So how am I, you know, with my team going to actually prove anything? So what we're, I'm trying to do is prove to myself and my team that there's actually something going on we can't explain. And, and we've, we've found locations like that, and, and that's sort of why we got involved with the Belvoir Winery. Sure, we do... Uh, a monthly tour for the public and kind of educate them on the right ways to do things. But in return, the, the winery gives my team kind of access anytime we want to to go out and investigate, as long as it doesn't, you know, bother one of their events or one of their wedding, you know, weddings that that's going on. So that's sort of why we do this. It's, it's our way to kind of give back to the places we go to. We do uh, public events at several other locations, so we could actually try to do long-term research on what's going on for real not just uh, going at one time and say, hey, it's haunted. I want to know who's haunting it and why. Okay. But um, I noticed one thing you said about the right way of doing things. Do you think there is a right way of doing things? There, I mean, because you know, we don't I even mean, know what we're looking for in reality or, or what well, the ghost is. We really get down to it. I'm, I'm saying the right way by, uh, first of all, you know, not provoking. We don't allow provoking. Um, just uh, knowing the equipment more so than the right way to investigate. Uh, we investigate, uh, you know, trying to be quiet, ask questions, and uh, let our equipment kind of gather the data. And uh, other than, you know, not running around, screaming and yelling, we sort of just do it a calm way. And that's sort of what I want to try to teach people is that if you're going to do this, let's be respectful because if, if you believe in ghosts, ghosts are supposedly the souls of the, you know, people who've died. And so, you know, they were once people too, so let's remember the golden rule. Let's not provoke. And also we, we also just teach the, how to use the equipment the right way. If you're going to use a K2 meter, if you're going to have one, and most people that come to those events, they bring their own equipment like a K2 meter. Um, we teach them what it's actually detecting, and we teach them all the things that can make a K2 meter go off, like a cell phone, walkie-talkies, police car driving by on the road. We just try to teach them uh, the right, uh, a smart way. To, I should probably have said the smart way to do things uh, the right way because you're 100% right. You know, yeah, I'm not saying any techniques the right way. Hell, we don't even know if ghosts really exist. Uh, I mean, we, I believe so, but I can't, uh, I can't say any, I can't tell anyone that um, and actually show them, hey, here's a ghost because we don't even know what it is. So let's let's go a little bit back to to Jesse because he's been so quiet there. I don't know if he's still with us. <laughs> I am still here. So what what to you has been the most profound thing that has happened at the uh, the the uh, Belvoir? Did I get that right? 
Yeah, Belvoir, yeah, pretty close. Belvoir Winery. Yeah, um, are you talking about like my personal experience or some of the stuff? Yeah, your own personal, your own, well, both ways. Let's find about yours and then yeah. what? what is the probably the most sure. interesting thing that, that you're aware that happened there. Yeah, um, I've had probably, I've had two uh, two experiences that were pretty relatively profound for me. To be to be quite honest with you, but before I left my job to help my family and run the winery, um, I was a skeptic. I was not, uh, I had never had any experiences. I, I didn't know. I had read about it. I, I, I would call myself an interested skeptic at best, but I, I didn't, you know, have an absolute proof that there was anything going on. But um, I was actually had an experience with my two-year-old daughter. Um, she was in the uh, ballroom with me setting up. Um, and I was looking out the front of the room. There's an open area in the back where you can exit to the hallway. And she was playing around, and I heard her start toward walking towards the exit of the ballroom. And uh, I said, Giselle, come here. And, and she started running, you know, get away from Daddy kind of thing. And um, I uh, heard her start running. I said, Giselle, come here again. And I heard her say, uh, Mommy, Mommy. And then she turned the corner into the hallway. So I turned back towards the hallway started walking through the ballroom to go get her, um, got close to the hallway again, said, Giselle, come here. Um, she said, Mommy, Mommy, again. And then I heard a voice in the hallway say, well, hello, little one. And then about five seconds after that, I came around the corner into the hallway, and she was standing in the hallway and was um, looking up like she was looking at something. And then, um, you know, whatever she was looking at, once I entered the hallway, um, she turned around, smiled, and came back to me. But there, it was it was seven in the morning, and there was absolutely no one in the building, and the building was locked. Um, it, it's kind of like Nick, what Nick was talking about. The the voice sounded nothing like a Missouri or a Kansas person. It sounded like an old English, like lady. Um, mm. it, it was it was so much more different than anything that you would normally hear. Um, I didn't feel threatened, but at the same time, you know, it was one of those goosebumpy moments where you you know you realize something might have just you know talked or interacted with your child, which is never a comforting experience per se, but um, then I had one other experience where I was in the hallway talking on the phone um, and I looked down the hallway and there's a closet where we keep the alcohol and it's normally locked and I heard a a click and then I saw that door actually open, um, all the way open, um, about to a 90 degree angle, stopped for about 10 seconds um, and then went all the way back and closed and latched. and much like Nick's teaches, I, uh, I actually ran down the hallway. You know, people ask the first thing you think, you know, you want to run away. But what I did was run down to the door, and you start grabbing the door, and you start pulling on it back and forth, you know, sticking your hand out, checking for wind or something like that, because it's not normal for that to happen. So you have to find an explanation for it. And, and I couldn't find anything. And that was one of the rooms where the um, where the poor during the Depression would stay. Um, it's an original room, so... Um, I, I couldn't find any reason behind it, but it was interesting. You know, I know Jeremy has, has done a ton of investigations at the lighthouse, and I mean, what is your feeling on on psychics and, and mediums, uh, Jeremy, as far as collecting evidence? Um, I think, like with with all of it, I'm I'm uh, I'm an open minded skeptic. That's what I always say. Um, and, uh, you know, I've had ex- good and bad experiences with, uh, people who call themselves mediums, mostly good, I would say. Certainly good, uh, you know, the ones that you've worked with the most. Um, uh, 
but um, you know, I, I I don't take it at face value. But I, I've seen uh, I've seen mediums come up with things that just can't be explained away easily. So I definitely have an open mind about it. One thing I was I was thinking about when you were discussing that is, and I was wondering about uh, Nick's thoughts on this: whether um, investigators like you, Nick, you've been involved in many many investigations at the winery and, and elsewhere. Do you think that you personally are more sensitive to the paranormal than you were before you started this? Or do you think you get more sensitive as you do more of this? Or do the, the you know, people in general develop a sensitivity? You know, what what my my belief is that uh you believe, you bring in the level of activity around you when you go to investigate. Sort of like you're the key and you sort of unlock the the location's uh paranormal potential. For me, I, I rarely have anything happen. I've had a few things while investigating, but my co-founder, Keith, and another investigator on my team, Danny, they have things happen around them a lot that are documented, as well as uh, Derek, who's our uh, one of the members of our team. He has, uh, I don't think he's had but one thing happen in his uh, 200 investigations with the team. Hmm. So I, I think we sort of bring in, if, if anything's going to happen, we sort of unlock that potential at a location. Yeah, it does seem like some people are, are magnets. <laughs> I, I, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and there's got to be a reason why. And I, the only thing I can think of is, like, my uh, the simple, like, you know, we just bring in. Each individual has that uh, paranormal potential that they bring in to a location. Right. I was wondering if people, when they take part in your your uh, paranormal events at the at the winery, you know, what kind of experiences have actually happened during those those events? You know, my my favorite story that I've had is a group of red hat ladies. Uh, they're probably uh, an older group, between sixty and eighty five years old. And that whole night, uh, they were together as one team, and there was like seven or eight of them, and they'd go to each location that we take them to for 45 minutes and I'd sing and laugh and have fun and investigate. And then they'd go back and share if they had anything happen and they didn't ever have anything happen. Well, they went to this underground bunker and they kept singing, ringing around the roses and then they'd stop, sing it and stop. And this group of older ladies, they sang ring around the roses, they stopped. And from across the room, they heard a, a male voice, a little kid's voice say pockets full of posies. <laughs> oh. it, it, it's actually, and it's actually on our digital recorder. It's very, very, very clear. And really? Needless to say, they stopped singing, and then about uh, when that rotation ended, they left because they were, they were kind of freaked out. It's mm-hmm. all, what I always say is it's all good and nice until actually something happens and they start leaving. <laughs> First comes the ewing and eyeing, and then the running and screaming, isn't that? Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> they didn't scream. They just sort of were quiet. Yeah. And they kept trying to interact with the, the little boy and, you know, the rest of the rotation. But uh, after that, they quickly left, which which tends to happen on our events. Some, when something happens, people think they're ready for it. And, you know, at the time, they're fine. But the more they think about it, they're like, I don't want to go back out there. And then they leave. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you start seeing people leave, uh, you know, at midnight. Yeah. You know, it's a good night. And is this before or after the wine tasting? <laughs> and basically, some people just show up, they'll buy a bottle of wine to take home because they're traveling four or five hours away just to get to the winery. They come investigate, and then they leave, and they don't drink any alcohol at all. Mm-hmm. You know, well, some people, they, they do drink a couple just for liquid uh, encouragement. 
But uh, when our investigation starts, what's neat is the winery and everything actually closes down. So mm -hmm. when we, you know, after the first 30 minutes, we're the only people on the property, the people actually for the event. So it's a, it's a, it's a pretty interesting uh, location. And, and what I enjoy about uh, Jesse is how skeptical he, he was, and that's why we chose to do the events out there, not only so we could help them with the renovation costs, but actually so we could actually have a, a great group out there to, to represent the winery because, frankly, with that history out there, I mean, anyone could find anything paranormal out there. So uh, with, a, you know, with a animal sounds and stuff, so I'm just right. glad that he, uh, we, we hooked up with Jesse and became a, I consider him a friend over the last three years, and uh, it's one of those things where uh, when we claim it's paranormal, we, we try to think of every possible explanation before we actually call it paranormal. Yeah, you know, Nick talks about uh, people leaving. We actually have the opposite experience, too, with uh, some people in that they come back for multiple investigations. They get, the, you know, they get that little hit, the first investigation, um, you know, and they may be skeptic, they may be a believer. We we have, honestly, just as many skeptics come out to our events as we do believers. Um, they're just as interested in disproving what's going on um, at the winery. And so um, yeah. we have some people who come out and have been out for six and seven investigations, which is great, too. You know, it gives them the opportunity to come out and investigate a place that, that does have something going on. You know, what it is, you know, none of us can really say it to a certain degree, but it's, it's a fun opportunity for them to come out and know that they can investigate a place that's just as neat as some of the places they see, you know, on TV or elsewhere. Just looking at the pictures on the uh, the winery website, it's an incredible place. The, the grounds yeah. and, and the interiors and the exterior, just everything looks so so beautiful. I'd love to, to visit. I mean, that's what, this is what's great about the places. You know, there's an actual morgue on the property. You know, there's, you know, nursing home. There's a hospital where they had surgery. There's a surgery room. There's all these patients' rooms. You know, and then you add to the fact that you uh, you look down this long hallway and on each side of the doors for a nursing home. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just an amazing place to inside and out. Yeah. yeah. The other thing is, too, on the back of our property, we have uh, the Oddfellow Cemetery, which they would very odd fellows or Rebecca's, which was a sister organization, and then also if there was an orphan or an old folk who passed away on the property and weren't claimed, they would be buried up there as well. And people come in and they say, wow, there's a cemetery there. And I tell them right off the bat, I said, listen, I said, there is not a quieter place on this entire property as far as paranormal activity goes than that mm -hmm. cemetery. I mean, it is the most peaceful, peaceful spot on the property, but everybody wants it to be that crazy haunted cemetery, but it's, it's right. not. That's the last place you want to go. Mm -hmm. It's not a disturbed uh, Indian burial ground on the side or anything like that. Probably. It's not. <laughs> it's just I mean, Jesse, you should miss, mention about the POW camps and the movie that was filmed there. We did, yeah. We had a there was there was chicken coops on the back of the property for uh, a long period of time that were used. You know, obviously they feed the poor and the orphans and that kind of stuff. But then during World War II, they actually converted those coops into a German prisoner of war camp, um, and they had. You know, a few hundred men out there, um, and they actually lived in bunks in those places, and they were treated well. They actually um, were allowed, the, the farmers would come by and pick them up in their trucks, take them to their fields. They'd work the farms during the day, and then they'd bring them back at the end of the day, and then they would be paid a wage. Half the wage would go to the odd fellows, and the other half would go to 
um, the, the Germans could keep it, and then they would actually be allowed to go out and eat or, or go to a movie that night. I mean, the deal was they, you know, if they escaped, they had to go a thousand miles either way at least to get out of the country. And that they did get out and get back to Germany, they were going back to the front lines, and they didn't want anything to do with that really either. And so we had a, um, a lot of them stay and, and work and, and German settlement, and they're no longer back there, but it's, you know, an interesting piece of the the history on the property. What was the other one you were talking about, Nate? Uh, the movie that was filmed there. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we had a movie called uh, Sometimes They Come Back. It's a Stephen King movie from oh, the yeah. 80s. And they oh, actually cool. had a, they filmed uh, that movie here in town, and there's actually a hanging scene in a barn, and it's actually uh, in the barn that's on this property. So it's a neat little addendum. Uh, interesting thing, Jess, is, is Ann, who's my regular co-host, uh, she uh, is in the chat room and she's listening and she's saying that this is definitely her kind of place because it's, it's got a winery and she's a big wine drinker. And it's got a cemetery. She's actually a taffophile, which is a, she does this bit called Cemetery Tripping for the show uh, once a month and uh, also writes for our newsletter as well. So, yeah, I mean, we have to get out there sometime. It's, it sounds like a really cool place to check out. Yes, well, you, you can come uh, this year or next year when, when Boston starts playing well and they're in town. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know what? No, seriously, I mean, go back to Boston. I mean, we uh, we had a big problem last year where uh, the team collapsed in September, and Tito, the manager, was fired. Actually, he was thrown under the bus is the way I look at it. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I used to be a huge fan of Boston. This year, I, I am counting now. There is only 128 days, 128 <laughs> losses, and they are eliminated from the playoffs. I can say that right now. Steve, for to you, it's the new curse. On them it's the new curse, the curse of the Van Helsing. That's what they're doing. Yeah. It. Yeah. You know, well, I call here, the here in Kansas City, here in Kansas City, we get excited if the Royals are still in contention in May. So that's <laughs> yeah, but you got a great fountain. That's all that matters. <laughs> it's a nice maybe place. Never, maybe maybe it never goes up except when the other school team does it. I don't know, but anyways, uh, we have to take a shot. You guys going to hang on for a second? I got to take a short break right now. Sure. All right. Okay. Uh, and this is uh, Beyond Bizarre from my favorite uh, girl, Vala Ventura. Here we go. Here's Johnny. If you find yourself traveling in the Denver area, you may want to take a delightfully frightful jaunt into the nearby Rocky Mountain National Park. Among the many sights and sounds, spooky and serene, of this beautiful park, you will find one of the most haunted hotels in America, the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park. The Stanley Hotel is most widely known for inspiring Stephen King's horror novel, The Shining. Although the infamous movie starring Jack Nicholson was not filmed here, the Stanley Hotel is said to be home to several ghosts. Rooms 407, 217, 401, and 418 are all reported to be haunted by a variety of spirits. If the Stanley Hotel is fully booked, you can try the nearby Bald Plate Inn, which is reputed to be haunted by its original owner, Ethel Mace. An outspoken prohibitionist in life, Mace's ghost has been known to send cocktails flying off tables. A terrifying tale from Beyond Bazaar, available wherever books are sold. There you go. That was 
Fowler and Terror and Beyond Bizarre. Awesome books, all kinds of cool stuff in them. Uh, you can pick up anywhere books are sold. Beyond Bizarre, and I think the book of Bizarre is what it's called. Uh, so anyways, we're talking, This you listen to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation here on TojiNet and other channels, and uh, we are talking with Jess from the Bellevue, 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 whatever, winery, and also uh, Nick from Pryte. Paranormal Research Investigators. There you go. So anyways, I'll have the end. Ron's always bad with names. Don't take it personally, guys. I can't can't remember mine half the time. But anyways, I'll have the end put that on our our, uh, page anyways so that that people can want to check check it they can um usually Ian is here and she monitors the page and everything for me and jeremy's not doing anything so i'm really confused but (laughs) (laughs) i'm clicking away here putting things on the facebook page and the chat and everything else are you really yeah yeah several things on the facebook page during the show good job anyways um so, I mean, we're running pretty much out of time because we have a couple other things to discuss, but we, we want to thank you guys for coming on the show. I mean, it really, it sounds like you got an awesome place there, but I wonder, how come you don't bottle, a, like, a, a spirited spirit there? You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> I, I don't get that. I mean, it sounds like a great niche for you. <laughs> yeah, we we definitely would like to uh, work in uh, a wine that's named after our fellows and a wine that has something to do with ghosts eventually, but uh, right now we don't. Okay, and the wine. I mean, uh, okay. How, how? I mean, where can you get this wine? And what? And what's the name of the wine? The Bellevue, Bellevue wine. Bellevue yeah, wine. It's, a, it's a private label. We actually only sell it uh, on site, only because we have uh, roughly 350 private events a year, and so we need that wine that we make just to cover all the uh, demand for all the events. So. Oh wow! So it's not sold in any stores and not over online or anything. It is not at this point. Well, I'm sure as we expand, uh, we'll move towards that. So, so Jess, let, let me ask you this, and, and this is kind of a, a really putting you on a spot question. Yeah. Okay, we're doing a, we're doing like a big event in uh, in July here called Spirit Quest, and uh, we have some British people coming over and some other things. And I would love to purchase a bottle of your wines for this event. Uh, it, 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 as the giveaway as a, as a as a door prize or. Can I do that? Would you do that for I'm, me? I'm sure we can make something happen for you. I will. I will talk to you privately on this, and uh, I think that'd be great. I, you know, from a haunted winery, I think that fits right in perfectly. Sure. Yeah, it'd be fun to have have that out there. All right, you're a good man. Anyways, uh, we have to say goodbye to you guys because we have to wrap up with a couple other things, and we, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You you both were really interested, and and uh, I wish you the best of luck out there uh, at the Bellevue, Bellevue, Bellevue. Belvoir. At the Belvoir Winery. <laughs> Belvoir. Oh, I got it now. Belvoir Winery. So, and, and your website? Uh, mine is... Uh, Belvoir, B-E-L-V-O-I-R, winery.com. And, and Nick, why don't you give yours one more time? It's uh, paranormalresearchinvestigators.com or P-R-I-team.com. Guys, thanks an awful lot for putting up with my madness, and I appreciate this. And thanks you guys have a great night. It was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. Yep, Thank you, guys. Night. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Okay, we got about one minute left, and I did want to mention before we we are gone, Jeremy, that uh, Ann and I will be on the 19th. That's only two weeks away. Uh, we will be uh, at the Collinwood in Oneida, New York. So I, I think you can get tickets if you want to come and see us, because this is our only venture to New York. And uh, although we may be going to some place in Missouri, uh, <laughs> but anyways. Uh, yeah, so last chance. And also, we have go check out our page, which is Extract Paranormal Journeys. And Actually, no. I, <laughs> we don't have, we haven't gotten secured that domain yet. We probably should, but we um, it's on your website, anygosproject.com, and also uh, newenglandlighthousetours.com. Our extracts events are listed in both places. Okay, so yeah, you go to my website, which is the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, and there's links to all the cool stuff we're doing, a lot of cruises, a lot of neat stuff, and uh, don't forget the pirate cruise, which is probably the best. And also, join us, join our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation fan page. If you want, click on us, pretend you like us, and there you go. And you'll get the all the latest dope that we have. <laughs> So, anything you want to add, Jeremy? Uh, not really. Just uh, when you're in Oneida, say hi to Colgate University near there where I went for a couple of years. That's a, a place I used to live uh, a long time ago. Beautiful part of the Northeast. So, uh, looking forward to our events this summer. Thanks for having me on tonight. Yeah, and you have anything coming up uh, this next week? So uh, next n- not in the next few days or so. Actually, I'm, I'm speaking on Nantucket uh, in late June at the Nantucket uh, Life-Saving <laughs> From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the 